Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone. This is Brett Ridgway, and welcome to another edition of the Spotlight on Speaking show, where each week I do interview a speaking industry pro, have them share their speaking journey, ask them to share some keys to their success as a speaker, and also ask them to bear their soul a little bit and, and share some mistakes they've made along the way that they would advise others not to make. So I'm really excited to reconnect with my guest today. Michael Penland is the creator and founder of Dare to Grow Rich, which provides personal development training for individuals and corporations. Michael is recognized as a legendary marketer, both online and offline. Michael has trained, mentored, and been a consultant for top marketers. Michael has over 50 years in the trenches experience. 50 years? I mean, what, you start like when you were five, dude? Come on. But 50 years in the trenches and experience and success during which he has created systems which have generated over $50 million in revenue. Michael has a burning passion for helping average men and women achieve extraordinary results in both their business and personal lives. People pay $5,700 for a three-day Dare to Grow Rich personal development workshops, which come with a double-your-money-back guarantee. And after helping hundreds and hundreds of attendees, no one has ever asked Michael to honor the guarantee. Michael's mastered the skills of speaker, copywriter, search engine optimization, and sales and marketing. He's discovered how to transfer these skill sets to other people through powerful mindset development training. Michael has a special gift that he's going to share with us at the end of the program. But welcome, Michael Pellant, to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Hey, Brett. Nice to be here, my friend. Listen, I'm honored to actually be invited to uh, share with other people uh, things that have helped me as a speaker. So I'm really looking forward to this. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the program today, Michael, because Michael and I go back about maybe almost 20 years. I mean, I think the first event maybe was in Atlanta, if memory serves me correctly, around 2004, 2005. I mean, they, they all blend together after a while, but uh, Michael was an event promoter and spoke at many, many events over the course of the years. And you know, it's one of those things where I know you've done a number of different things, Michael, but you know, what prompted you to get into the whole business of speaking, whether it was just to build a brand or to build a speaking career, what what was your impetus? Well, when when I was 17 years old, I just graduated high school and I saw an advertisement in the newspaper. It said free movie, local high school auditorium. And I thought, hey, when you're 17, anything free and entertaining, you're after. So I went down there with my friend. We uh, were expecting some movie. But when we got there, I saw this guy in a red suit up on the film and the video and the movie running back and forth. And he was saying, I believe in you. 
you can do this. And I thought, no one's ever told me that. <laughs> who is this guy? Well, he was a person who dropped out of high school, well, dropped out of school in the eighth grade, eighth grade education. He was the son of a sharecropper from South Carolina. He had a hard lip, didn't talk all that clearly as a speaker, but he had borrowed $5,000 and in, in three years turned that into over $300 million. So I thought, this is a guy worth listening to. And I did. I love the stories he told. And I thought, you know, if a hair lip with an eighth grade education can do this, why can't I? And I did it. I did it. And I learned a lot from him. Glenn Turner is who that actually was. And I made a promise to myself uh, back then that one day Glenn would actually work for me. And it came true. About over 20 years later, he became a featured speaker at my marketing events. Uh, people loved him. I loved him. He really did uh, change my life and really gave me the impetus to actually have enough courage to become a uh, public speaker, to be a speaker. So that's how it started. And then the first event I spoke at was my own event, my own marketing event. And <laughs> I really didn't even have a laptop at that time. And so I asked another speaker, hey, have you got a laptop? He said, sure. He brought it down. The rest is history. We did more and more and more events. I spoke at more and more of those. The first event of someone else that I spoke at was for a guy down in Florida by the name of Ted Thomas. Arguably, Ted is probably the best platform speaker that I have ever heard in my life. And I learned a lot from Ted. So I want to give credit where credit's due to Glenn Turner, to Ted Thomas, and really to all speakers. There's something from every speaker that you can take in and use to really advance your career as a speaker. So when you first got into the speaking arena, Michael, what was your topic? What what niche did you focus on early on? Yeah, early on I was uh making up topics. And so <laughs> I would look I would look on the on the internet and see what other people were talking about. I would go to really to discussion groups, Yahoo discussion groups, uh other groups at that time. I don't remember the specific ones, but I would see what are people talking about, what are some of the problems they're concerned about. And at that time, a lot of people were interested in creating ebooks and in doing uh, joint ventures. And so really the first uh, really successful presentation that I did was about a joint venture marketing, that is endorsement marketing, where another marketer would endorse you and your product. He would promote that to his list. And as a result, you and he both would make money and, and the person ordering the product would benefit. And so that was the presentation initially that I presented. It was one about joint venture marketing. The other was how to create an ebook uh, using content that was already on the Internet. And, and I stole that idea from another marketer, quite frankly. And uh, it worked. You know, people loved it. People bought the product. They bought the uh, what we were offering at that particular point. Well, I think you touched on something that's so important, and that's the whole issue of market research. I mean, most speakers are willing, unwilling to do their homework ahead of time before any speaking engagement to find out what that audience truly wants. What are their pain points? Now, obviously, the tools have changed from Yahoo bulletin boards and all that these days, but the same rules apply in terms of you have to be willing to go out and do that research ahead of time to figure out how you can deliver the best presentation for the audience that you're going to be speaking with. What are those pain points? What are they talking about? I mean, use Google Alerts or whatever tool you want, but you need to get into the habit of finding out what's going on in the marketplace and what people are wanting to get solutions for so that you can deliver a better presentation, obviously. And kudos to you for being 
one willing to do that market research part of the process. So, well, really, Brad, you know, I I, th- I never really considered myself as a speaker. I considered myself more as a communicator, and you know, speaker to me just meant words. You you can teach a bird to mimic words. You know, they'll they'll parrot the words, but to be a communicator, you've really got to understand the feelings and the mindset and the desires of the people uh, to whom you're marketing that you're speaking to. And so I've always just really viewed myself as being a communicator rather than uh, being a a speaker, because really, if you're going to be successful, you've got to really communicate to other people solutions, as you mentioned, to uh, problems they have or solutions, uh, you know, touch those pain points or those desires they have to really find a way to fulfill that for them. So, again, I, I just... Think of it as communication. So when you did that event back in Atlanta in the early 2000s that we initially met at, if I recall correctly, you didn't even MC your own event at that time. You had another person you used as MC. So I know we're going to talk about some mistakes later on, but I think that's personally a, a mistake. If you're an event promoter, it's not being your own MC. It never happened your- again. It never happened again. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. So as the years went by, have have you ever done any keynote speaking at all, or has it always been a platform selling type situation for you? Well, now we're going to get into controversy here. (laughs) Uh, You know, to me, uh, keynote doesn't denote what most people think of when they hear that expression keynote. For most people, it's that big name that is used to draw more and more people into the event as keynote. They give the keynote speech or talk. Uh, to me, keynote, and I think originally this is what that represented, was an individual that would really set the tone and the resonance for that event. You know, in other words, he would bring together in the mind and in the heart of those attending uh, what the event was about, so that it would it would be music to their ears. It would ring true to them. It would be a keynote in the sense that it would set the tone for the event. And again, that goes back to what you just asked me about my first event. I never, ever again let anyone be the MC or be the person up front. I would always have that first introduction. I would welcome the people. I would set the tone for the event. And the reason for doing that is I want to build in them a confidence in me as a speaker and in the other speakers. I want to try to establish some level of trust and some level of, uh, you know, value. And so many times the first presentation that I would do would just be pure content. Uh, no, nothing at the end asking for money. For me, that's difficult because I love to ask for money. I love to close the deal. Uh, But for, you know, to set the tone there, that makes it easier for other speakers as well. And later when I would come back for a second presentation, you know, as a platform speaker, uh, that role would change. And I would just leverage off of what had already been established there in that group of individuals, the trust, uh, the excitement. Uh, the anticipation of a uh, really good content for myself and from other speakers. So, so again, you know, it's, it's just, you know, how I define that word keynote uh, to me, it's just the person that sets the tone for the event and keeps that uh, mindset or that atmosphere in the event uh, from the beginning to the end. I think that's a great perspective. So I'm going to rephrase my question a little <laughs> bit. And, and that is, have you ever been a, fee speaker as opposed to a free speaker where your money's in the back of the room sales. Have, have no. you ever been paid by a corporation or association to go out and be the guy? No, no one has ever paid me to present. I've never been a professional 
uh, speaker, but I've been very professional in speaking or in communicating with people because you have to be professional. You have to present information in a way that really reaches deep within uh, that person, in their mind, in their heart. You've got to really get behind their eyeballs, if you will. And I'm probably getting ahead of myself here on things you may or may not want to ask me, but you've got to really be in the shoes of the people that you're speaking to. And so to be paid to do that, you know, if you're getting a check to stand up there and look pretty and to say the right words and to, you know, hoorah, rah and all that, you know, I have, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But to me, it's the difference between someone who says they are a salesman and someone who is a professional. And so a salesman might be the guy that works down at a local retail store and people come in and buy something. That does not make him a salesman. That makes him an order taker. And so to be a professional speaker, whether you're paid up front for your 30 minutes hour or whatever, or whether you're working back of the room to sell your products, to be a professional speaker means you've got to know how to reach deep inside your audience and behind in their mind and give them what they really want. Because sometimes paid speakers are only, they're, they're just mimicking the same presentation over and over and over. They're not really working off the audience. But it, I, I, to me, a professional speaker is someone that's really feeding off of the response of the audience as you're presenting your, your information to them. So obviously you view speaking as a critical element to your marketing mix and building the companies and the businesses that you've built. What are you maybe two or three of what your biggest keys to success as a speaker have been? Biggest key to success. Okay. Key number one for me is, again, you've got to love people. You've got to care about people. I really truly do. And I'm not just saying this to sound noble, but I truly do believe in people. I believe that if you can help people, then you're going to help yourself. And I've got more faith and confidence in people than they usually have in themselves. And so at events, many people are there to get something that's going to improve or transform their life. And so if if I go up there with this negative attitude about people, then they're going to sense that. They're going to understand that, well, he's just trying to sell me something. Uh, The second thing, the second key beyond just caring about people is you've got to get behind the eyeballs of the people that uh, you're speaking to. Their skin has to become your skin. You've got to really uh, provide to them what they want. They all listen to the same station, and we've heard this expression before, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me. As a speaker, if you're not delivering that in regard to their pain point, their problems, or their desires, they're going to change the channel, if you will. And they're going to listen to someone else. I never want them changing the channel. In fact, I never want them reaching for the button or hitting it digitally. (laughs) I want them to always be focused in on me because I'm providing what they need. And so to do that, I've got to get behind their eyeballs. I've got to know, you know, what it is they want, what it is uh, they're thinking. And when a speaker is able to do that, what happens is you develop one of the uh, most important skills in speaking, and that's empathy. And empathy means to be able to get into the shoes of the person you're speaking to, to feel what they feel, to desire what they desire. It's a lot like uh, being a, uh, what do they call that? A uh, An actor that, let me think of the right phrase here. Um, well, a, an actor who actually 
gets inside them. They think like they do. They perform like they, for for example, Marlon Brando in that movie uh, some time ago, The Men, I think they, they reported that for 45 days, he just laid in a bed to get into the perspective mentally and physically that a veteran might have. And uh, Robert De Niro in uh, that movie, what was it, The Taxi? He actually drove taxis for some time in New York City to actually get into the, the mindset of those people that he would be uh, portraying in, in that uh, particular uh, movie. And so, again, it's, it's getting behind the eyeballs of those that you're selling to. And, and that's something that speakers sometimes find difficult because they're thinking more about themselves than they are about the people uh, to whom they're speaking. So it's really emotional. It's, yeah. it's really triggering those emotions in people. So what are some of the keys, do you think, to building better rapport with an audience than are? Uh, one thing is to tell stories. Uh, there's a story I tell about when I was a kid that uh, I was visiting my grandfather on his farm and my cousin coming home from school, he told me that he saw a horse. He got on the horse and like any child would do, he wanted to ride the horse. So he kicked it and said, giddy up, goes running down the road, you know, but it comes to a roadblock. A big tree had fallen across the road. So the horse stops. And so again, he kicks it in the side and says, giddy up. And the horse goes around the roadblock. He comes to a intersection later. He's got to decide which way to go. Horse just stands there. So my cousin kicks it in the side, giddy up. Horse goes down the road to the right, takes it, gets faster and faster. So he comes to a farmhouse, goes down the old road to the farmhouse, past the house to the barn. And the owner of that horse came out and said, how did you know where to bring this horse of mine? And my cousin said, I didn't really know, but the horse knew. And so the point of doing that story is that, you know, if it's time to giddy up. It's time to actually make decisions. You may not know where you need to go or how you're going to get there. But I always tell people, you know, this old horse here, if you get on, you're in for the ride of your life. And so it's just <laughs> telling stories. It's just helping them because what they're seeing in their mind, they're seeing themselves on that horse. They're seeing the obstacles they've had in their life. They've seen the choices they've had to make. And by using stories, you, in an indirect way, subconsciously uh, reach down inside the mind and the heart of that individual, and they'll make their decisions. They'll make their own decisions. You don't have to force people to buy. You only have to really force them to think, and most people today almost are allergic to thinking, so you have to tell stories to really <laughs> capture the attention and keep them going. Those are such great tips, Michael, and I have a couple other questions I want to ask you, but before we do, let's take a quick break. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world? If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back uh, with the Spotlight on Speaking show with my guest, Michael Penland. And now, Michael, I'm going to ask you to bear your soul a little bit, so to speak, and share some mistakes maybe that you made along the way that you'd advise others to avoid making. Well, you know, honestly, I've never made a mistake. <laughs> but I did I did make some bad choices, and the bad choice was not really believing in myself and not believing in the value of what I had to say, the message that I wanted to deliver. And really, a fear of rejection. And I think that's a big one for many speakers is fear of rejection. 
And I had to overcome that. And I did that by really what I call, I would just go into what I call showtime mode. I would become, for example, in my mind, I would mimic what Glenn Turner had done. I would mimic what other speakers had done. In my mind, I became the person I needed to become in order to do what I wanted to do. And so, again, the bad choice I made was just not believing in myself, not believing in the message I wanted to deliver, and having that fear of rejection. I mean, what does it matter if someone says no? If you can get 500 no's in the process, you're going to get a lot of yeses. And when you do, you're going to make more money than you'll ever be able to spend. Well, I always say that you have to approach it from the next attitude. And, you know, the no's aren't the end of the world, and you just got to develop a thicker skin, so to speak, so that you're not afraid to ask for that next one. Because it is, so much of life is a numbers game, obviously. And if you're afraid to step out there and even ask, then the answer is no before you even started, so... All right, so coming together to the end of our time together here, and if people want to know a little bit more about what Michael's doing these days and how to get involved in your world, how do they do that, and what's the gift that you have to share with them today? Yeah, the gift I have to share with them today is truly going to be life-changing, and so (laughs) quite honestly, I don't have uh, the page up for that yet, and so if you'll send an email to michael at daretogrowrich.com, I'll put up a page where you can download the gift. You don't have to opt in or anything like that. I'll just give you the gift. I've got a couple of things in mind. One of those things is a um, is an a event I did. It's an audio recording of uh, three individuals, myself included, who produced over uh, $500 million in revenue during the course of marketing. I thought that might be helpful to people, to speakers, because they can hear how we're presenting that information. Uh, there's no sales pitch in it or anything like that. It's all just content. So I thought I'd give that to you. But I want to give you something else, too, and I don't have that up yet and don't really know exactly what it will be. But it would be great, guys. <laughs> Believe me when I tell you, it will be life-changing. It will be life-changing. All right. And if people want to enter your world, aside from Michael, give me the email address again, sir. And what website can they go to find out more about what you got going that is up right now? Yeah, I go to... uh instantcashmarketing.com or go to dare to grow rich.com and again the email is michael at dare to grow rich.com because that's where my most of my focus is now you know i've i've done the guru thing i've done the money thing and i mean i love making money but you know now i really want to help people i want to help them to really find ways to uh, transform their life and to have more happiness more success and more freedom. And so that's really my focus these days. So any, any final words of wisdom before we part ways today? Well, yeah, don't make the mistakes that some marketers make. Don't take questions from your audience. <laughs> don't, <laughs> underpri- don't underprice your product, your offer. You're just leaving money on the table. And in their mind, they're going to think, oh, if it was so great, why is it so cheap? It's like you're begging. You're becoming desperate. Don't do that. And the words of wisdom is, one, I do believe in you. You can do this if you're just starting as a speaker or if you're a seasoned pro. There's something you can learn. And the thing you really need to learn, in my opinion, especially if you're a platform speaker, is learn to close. And closing isn't what you do at the end of your presentation. It's throughout that presentation doing, like, trial closes. For example, if you're making a statement and you say, does that make sense to you? Or this is pretty good, isn't it? 
you're getting them in their mind to subconsciously to come into a place of uh, rapport with you and agreement with you. And so, you know, learn to close, learn to care about people and really deliver value because you can do this. And I truly do believe in you. And Brad, I sincerely thank you for having me uh, be in this spotlight of speakers. Well, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show today, Michael, and I so appreciate you sharing your expertise and knowledge with our aspiring speakers and those pros that just need to, you know, polish up their game, so to speak, a little bit. But this has been another episode of Spotlight on Speaking with Brett Ridgway. If you haven't been to the website yet, by all means, go to SpotlightOnSpeaking.com and register with your favorite service so that you can be notified of upcoming episodes. And if you haven't been to brettridgeway.com, hop on over there and grab my free report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. But as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And it's there for you to take it. So go make it happen. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgeway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then... Our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.